Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Good evening, ladies, gents, and everyone else who's watching. It is episode Unnecessary. (laughs) Have a word with yourself. It is episode 47 of that 6++ show, and we are here because you may have noticed there's a a pretty great ability that's floating around. It used to be just one army that had this effect, and now it feels like it's every army, or at least every Imperium army. That's right. It's Agents of Vect, or whatever you want to call it, whichever version you've got in your codex. And it's fantastic. But it's not fantastic if you don't know what you're doing with it. So we're going to talk about what the best stratagem to use against some of the top armies are, uh, some of the middling armies, some of the armies that we've just whacked in for the fun of it. Uh, I did nix Votan. I said, you're not going to see them. So we're not we're not talking about that. Uh, but before we get into it, Chris, how has your week been? It has been very free of Warhammer. Um, unacceptable nice disgraceful i've uh no it's my final week of school um and then i've got the summer holidays coming ahead so i have done no painting no building but i do have some shadow specters on the way um, because i've got to do um doing this little event at tabletop republic in a couple of weeks and then the weekend after i'm going to go to leeds um so gonna do a couple of events with the eldari whilst they're still relatively strong (laughs) <laughs> well, they're busted OP. I'd like to get some internet points. Um, so, yeah, we'll go and see if I can scrounge a uh, two, three, or three, two of them at um, a couple of events. I, I don't want to be mean, but if you're only getting two threes and three twos with this rule book, with the ability of play that you have, I think you should be, uh, you should be, you should be having a word. I'm gonna try really hard. Yeah, Not... you're, a, you're a pretty good player, Chris. I've played. Uh, I've only, I've only played six games of tenth so far. I'd say you're in the top 100 players I've ever played. Thank you. That means a lot because <laughs> you're an absolute slut. So you I am. I've played, I have played many, many games. Um, so witty put downs aside, how are you doing, Davey? Oh, I am. I am fantastic. Yeah, so good. So good right now. Oh, so good right now. So, so good right now. Um, I, is this anything to do with when you said before we went live, I just got to have a sniff? i've had a cold and uh and it's finally gone but i've still got like the occasional like you know big hawker that i need to pull up sure no no no, that's that's fine i was just confused you seem to turn into to a robot and or high davy but uh yeah no no i'm I'm here for any of them yeah i'm just an ai voice um yeah (laughs) Yeah. just just of of energy to be fair your background is looking a little bit blurry you could be one of those you know ai generated streamers he's a lover that's it man that's it ai generated stream. yeah that's weird shit right um yeah things are good i went to teams at the weekend that was cool uh first proper team event not count not discounting faustus faustus was great hashtag won it um but this one was teams at birmingham no, at uh, Element Games in Stockport, a lovely place to drive to. Um, really enjoyed it. But the event itself was was pretty good. Uh, you will hear us talk a lot more about that on next week's show, um, as we have Tom here for that one, um, and potentially Jack and uh, and Lee as well. It was really really good. We did okay. We did bang average, as is on brand. Um, we didn't take 
the most memey stuff, which uh, you're all very proud of and uh, like the smell of our own farts for doing so. Um, but uh, it was good. That As a result, coming out of that. The two Eldari players who are sat here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I learned a lot about teams, I learned a lot about what I should be taking and stuff. So uh, I have uh, I had a good conversation with a couple of people up there on Tyranid. So Adam Lane, big shout out to him. He was a lovely, lovely man uh, with one of the be- what a, just a beaming smile. What a nice person. Um, and he, we were talk- I was talking to him briefly about what he was testing for, uh, for stuff. And uh, and yes, yeah, so I've been playing around that again with Jack just now with uh, some some different Tyranid stuff, and it was good fun, really interesting. Um, but yeah, today's topic actually came out of the team's event because uh, going into team's events, I've never used a Vect in 10th. And I just put in the chat of our team chat, like, hey, what should I Vect? And then it all just kind of reeled out from there. Everyone's like, do this, do that. And we thought, hey, everything is content. So we decided to talk about it. Are you trying to imply that we're starved for ideas? No, we're not. We're not. We're not, not starved <laughs> for ideas. We just thought this was hot shit that you, the consumer, wants to consume as soon as possible. Very nice. Very smooth. Fantastic. And, and uh, hello Phantasm. If I, yeah, Phantasm. We'll be getting to that one. Uh, hello to everyone in the chat there. I can see we've got Chris joining us. Um, obviously, we'll probably be seeing him on camera next week, as David was saying, for the roundup of the Teams event and uh, sneak preview. In three weeks' time, I believe we're hitting the 50th episode. Tune in for that one. I believe we're talking about some potentials. I don't want to make any promises. Maybe a giveaway. But we'll have to see. Ooh. It might not be something Ooh. physical. It might be someone's time. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. There are a few ideas floating around in the chat. It might be a prong cracker. You don't know. Yeah. Uh, we've got Jack Tight in the chat as well. Uh, constant frenemy of 6++. Uh, hope you're doing well. As for myself, I have been busy because I'm I'm off the Eldari train because it doesn't feel super worthwhile playing them. Um, taking them to an event, going three and zero. Admittedly, it was like a, you know a smaller event. I didn't have the most like meta opposition up until the last game where we were both frazzled, but it didn't feel massively like I was playing 40k. It kind of felt like I was turning up and be like, I would like some points, and then Davey's not uploaded them to the ITC, so uh, <laughs> I don't even get anything from it. So, uh, you know, at this point, what, what are you going to do? So uh, I've got I've got something else in the works that I, I am not allowed to talk about because it's something, it's not my list that I've been testing, it's someone else's list. So I'm going to wait until we get, I think probably list lock, I can probably talk about it, but uh, yeah, I've got to get an entire... <laughs> I've got to get testing from my friends. Yeah, not a name drop. It's just uh, it's just me and someone from Team Ignite. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I've got two and a half weeks now to build, paint, practice an entire new army. So um, because I'm I'm nothing if not a glutton for punishment. That is the the plan. But it's going to be going to be good times. All right. Content King, how are we looking this week? Well, index in depths, we have been firing them out at a moderate pace. Um, so since we last spoke, as I frantically hit um, the YouTube button, uh, we've got the we've forgot all of Davy's World Eaters ones, which we spoke about last time, but we've now got a couple more of Tom's up. We've got um, Blood Angels, um, and we've got Eldari. So we've um, we've put those um, two out. We've got 
Chaos Knights in the pipeline. Isn't that right, Ed? We have, yeah. And oh. I definitely didn't have to send it to you again because you um, <laughs> didn't have the files anymore. Basically, I get sent files from every angle. Sometimes it's WhatsApp, sometimes it's... Um, uh sometimes it's like mail sometimes it's the wrong email isn't it davy um either way we get um we get sent in a variety of ways i totally forgot that i had just this link on whatsapp from it so i went to do it and i was like oh we transfer oh it's expired excellent so uh we've got that um we've got that to come out um i am very shortly about to be on summer holidays so then i will start churning them up but no it's um it's going all right at the moment Hopefully, Excellent. hopefully, might be able to do some battle reports soon, some bite-sized bat reps, because uh, that would uh, we haven't done any of those for a while. So, no. it's, it's almost like all the people who do them have been really busy with their job, yeah. because they tend to be working seasonal, maybe Strange. in education. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that now that is coming to a close, we are reaching the summer holidays, and there will be no more excuses. I'm not signing myself up to do it. I'm just here to, you know, get digs in uh, because that's much easier than having to do the hard work yourself. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> without further ado, uh, as as we said in the chat, um, it would really help with engagement if you uh, drop us a like, if you spam silly comments about how um, Davey's an AI streamer, Chris <laughs> is the most handsome man here, and uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Any of these comments would be great just to try and get us more on the front pages of YouTube. Let's <laughs> talk God. about... Yeah, <laughs> God, deleted. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've been shadow banned. Um, lovely. So, Vect. This is a strategy I believe first rocked up in 8th edition. I did manage to skip 6th and 7th. So if I'm wrong, someone in the chat, please do correct me. Uh, it's the easiest way to get someone to tell you if you're wrong. Just confidently state, it, it first happened in 8th edition. And if I'm you wrong... You do this so like, often. I love it, Ed. It's like it's yeah. your brand. I'm going to make a really blanket statement here. Prove me wrong. See, the, the, it doesn't matter if you're correct. All you have to do is say it confidently, and then uh, in a roll with that. Yeah. So, yeah, man, hot, uh, hot takes get clicks, man. Absolutely, I've I've seen that YouTuber life. I know what I'm talking about. So, on to the actual thing that we're here to talk about: Asians effect. Uh, as I understand, it first came out in the eighth edition Drakari Codex, which was, I believe, initially two CP, and that read. Let me just find it here for you. Uh, it's a it's a full book book of text, but basically you roll a d6 after your opponent has used a stratagem. On a one, nothing happens. Your opponent's stratagem goes off. You've paid the two CP. Sucks to be you. On a two to five, your opponent's stratagem doesn't go off, but they get the CP refunded. It's not too bad. If you roll a six, then you cancel their stratagem and they don't get their CP back. This was fairly backbreaking. Uh, and yeah, as Rob says in the chat, four Spoilers. CP at the end of the edition. Was it? Was it two at the the beginning? I we I had vector uh, happen to me multiple times from Rob, but I think I've I've blocked it out. To be honest, I don't remember if it was uh, if it was all that often or not. Anyway, moving on on to ninth edition Drakari, and it became the 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 thing that we have now, basically, which was a case of. You pay a CP cost, and then it becomes more expensive for your opponent to use a stratagem the next time that they Was use it. Was it ever free? That does ring a bell, doesn't it? It does ring a bell. It was a yeah. zero CP strat. I think you might be right. I think it might have been zero CP and nerfed to one or two. Did you, need to, uh, you needed to take a certain character or, or a detachment, right? 
you had to have a cabal of the Black Heart detachment, yeah. which I think was just always the right thing to do, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, in ninth edition, you could do a real space raid and you still got access to it, I believe. They could do some shenanigans with the detachments there. Um, but history, vague history lesson aside, and please do correct me if I'm wrong on any of those points. Uh, we're now into 10th edition. And it's not just Drakari who have it. Although Drakari do still have it, although theirs is now not a stratagem, it's on the uh, the data sheet of their Archon. There's a few armies that have got it. Namely, uh, I, off the top of my head, I can think of the Swarmlord for Tyranids. There's the Caladius Assassin, who is open to any Imperium unit. The Death Watch have the Watchmaster who can do it. Uh, what else have we got? I'm sure there's more in there. Any more coming to mind? Did you say GSC? Uh, GSC, yes, of course. They can do it on one of their... Uh, is it their Nexus? Maybe one of their characters has the, the ability. Basically, you're going to be seeing a lot of it. And it's not unlikely that you have it in your army. So, what sort of stratagems should we be targeting? Let's just start with the, what, the armies that we've been playing. So, I'm going to go to you first, Chris. Eldari, what's the best stratagem that you can use uh, Agents of Vect on, the, the Vect effect? Keep in mind that it doesn't affect it the first time, so you don't want to use a big hitter, but it does for every subsequent use. Yeah, so I think when you're, well, maybe obviously we'll end up covering this, but it's going to be some armies have a very clear one stratagem that they're going to be looking to use kind of every turn, and that's the one where you want to try and cause problems for them. Um, other times it's not particularly the army or the faction, it's more like the list itself and what the list is trying to do. In the case of Eldari, pretty much all builds at the moment will be using every single turn Phantasm. Um, it is, um, David Gale, I believe, I believe thinks it's the uh, most broken stratagem ever printed. So that kind of goes um, some way to say how strong it is. Uh, for those who don't know, Phantasm is the stratagem in which you, at the end of the movement phase, your opponent's um, movement phase, where they basically can say, right, well, I am now going to move a unit seven inches. Well, seven inches. Um, and it means it just has so much potential. You, know, you can use it aggressively um, to gain movement. You can use it defensively to hide something or stop a charge from happening. Um, kind of units deep strike down and you're like not today and you just get to do it every turn for one CP. There is no reason why you wouldn't, especially when every Eldar list is um, getting a CP a turn and then also getting an extra CP a battle round from their Autarch Way Leaper. So one of those CP is always on Phantasm. I can just assure you, you just do it. Like you just there's no reason realistically not to do it in the Eldar list. So that is the one you're going to be using. Um, and that's the one you're going to be wanting to vet. Um, I have played Tom before, and he firing, he vetted Fire and Fade straight away as soon as I used it. Um, and I think some Eldar lists definitely want to use Fire and Fade aggressively. And when Fire and Fade becomes 3 CP, you don't really want it. You that's your entire battle round's worth of CP, yeah, even with a character to, to farm you more. Yeah, but um, the re so if you've got like... If you've got two Vex, for example, through different sources, then maybe that would be the other one. But generally, Fire and Fade is a bit of a nice one to have. Um, I personally only ever really use it just to try and get my Walt Spiders behind um, enemy lines and that sort of thing, if, if it's necessary. Yeah, it's, it's the free movement, right? So someone, I saw someone do a similar one with the, with the Tau Fire and Fade just to get landed on an objective that they couldn't quite reach. Yeah, exactly that. So but it can it's, be super good in that sense. Far more niche, and you're the... The chances of you using it regularly, far less, especially because it's you know it's two CP. But Phantasm, all day, every day. So if you ever play Eldar, as soon as they hit that Phantasm, 
fire off that effect. Yeah, just just a sidebar. They really could have printed Phantasm at two CP and Fire and Fade at one CP, and you yeah. still would use Fire and Fade, <laughs> and you'd still <laughs> still slam Phantasm probably three turns out of the five. Um, just the positional being able to react to your opponents is so strong. Uh, just to really contextualize why it's so powerful, if you look at all of the stratagems that other armies have that let you move, it's all just a case of someone's moved within range of me, I will then make a reactive move. So you've got to do it after that unit ends in range of you, so your opponent can bait out the move and then move another unit closer, or um, you, you don't get to see the full picture before you move it. Often it's a D6 roll, unless you're in a certain like um, doctrine or if you're a certain unit or role. So it's it's quite quite a step up. The only one in my mind that compares is the Grey Knight one, which, sure, it's when you move close to the unit within nine mm. inches, but you get to put it in Deep Strike. I think that is a comparable level of power, although I'd still take Phantasm over it every day of the week. Um, but it's just insane. For one CP, it's still very good at two CP. And it, I think that's one of the things that Vect is really nice for. Sure, making your opponent not use a good strat because it costs too much, it's fine. You make it, your opponent use two CP every turn for their incredible strat is very good because that is taking two thirds of their CP resources. Or you know, if you can kill their their warlord, it makes it almost un unusable, but still worth sinking all their strats into their CP into. Lovely stuff. We have got a couple of people in chat there. Uh, Brian saying, debating on whether to include Cypher in your CM list. Uh, I think that's probably worthwhile. I had forgotten about Cypher, but he's also a lone operative, which is, you know, I think I've said before, the third Thank most you. broken keyword in the game. Maybe it's the second. It might actually be the second. Uh, it's just, just if you can take it, absolutely do. Uh, Lewis says, to go alongside Vex, I need to, think there needs to be a clarification of if you can use free strats of fire captains multiple times. Um, What's the London Open rule on that one? I believe you just can't. I think there were some weird rulings from the Tacoma Open. I didn't look at it myself, but I did see Mikey's clickbait face. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, Tacoma Open using what rules? Or something along those lines. So I trust his ability to sniff out uh, something worth talking about. Um, On to yourself, Davey. Obviously, Tyrannids do have access to Vect. That's really one of the few things that Eldari don't get. Their own Vect, which is probably for the best. But Tyranids do have Vect, but yeah. in your book, what would you say is the best stratagem to make more expensive? I mean, for sure, the five up feel no pain when you're in Synapse. Um, there's, it's, so it's six up when you're outside of Synapse, but then uh, when you're in Synapse, it's five up feel no pain. And obviously, if you've got the Hive Titan, you're doing that twice a turn, which is super oh, nice. Yes. Um, definitely did that a lot this weekend. So that would be my number one, really. And there isn't a number two, really. The other ones are so like situational. Mm. Um, it's really nice to auto wound on fives with um, adrenal surge. I think it's called. It's really nice to bring back gaunts if you've got a list like that. But not everyone has a list like that. So the the, the number one you want to watch out for if you've got this ability and you're playing against Tyranids is the five of up here. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't been keeping up with Nids over the last couple of weeks, but the initial testing and sort of lists that I know you were looking at especially were very monster heavy. So I think the uh, the Feel No Pain really gets the most value in that sort of list, and uh, we'll have to see how they adapt. Have we have we seen any lists with sort of like gaunt carpets yet, or is that not really popping up? No, much? we've seen some like combined arms. Sure. Um, so so that that's one of the ones, but uh, yeah, it's definitely on the menu. Let's call it, let's say that um there's 
I don't know about a carpet, but I think that there's such a good plethora of units that literally, as you were just talking, right? So you've got mm. hot, uh, gargoyles that are doing moving after shooting, just as part of the data sheet, six inches. Um, termagants that will move D6 when you move within nine inches of them. So there's a lot of junk. I really enjoyed that part of playing against Jack actually today, like just being able to do some, you know, we, Tyranid used to be able to do mortals in every turn. Now we can kind oh God, of just yeah. move. Now we can just kind of move in every turn. If you sure. include bringing back termagants and gargoyle, uh, you know things like that. Um, yeah, I can I can find a movement in the command phase. I can find movement in the movement phase. I can find it in the shooting phase. And I can find it in the charge phase. So it's quite nice. That is movement wins games. So it's uh, it's a really good ability to have. It needs to be backed up by damage, as we've seen from Grey Knights, but uh, it is sure. a fantastic tool to have in your toolkit, so I think that is a that is a great shout, depending on what sort of list your opponent's bringing. Uh, I will, because we've already talked about Aldari, uh, I will quickly talk about Chaos Knights, which I've been having a lot of fun playing. Uh, I've been testing a, I think it's 10 War Dogs, so six Brigands, three Carnivores, one of the Stalkers, who's the Warlord, because you've got to have one, uh, and then two units of Min Flamers, Changeling, and Kairos Fateweaver, who is, turns out, an absolute beast. His ability to indirect fire is... Mm. He, he hits on twos natively, he's AP3, so you just go, I don't really care. I'm going to be hitting on threes. I'm going to be, you know, AP minus two is still very good in this edition. So he just slaps models from behind the ball. Great Marine killer if you have to deal with Marines. Um, but they've got some pretty good strats in their book. So the first one is the thing that I think a lot of people wanted to build around in 9th edition when they got the Chaos Knights book. And House Corvax, which had no good rules, apart from they had a stratagem which lets you walk through walls. Uh, and that is what I would be vecting if I was playing against Chaos Knights. It's called Knights of Shade. Uh, and you can either move one large knight, you know, your Abominant, uh, Desecrator, what have you, through wall, or two War Dogs which is obviously just fantastic value to be able to um, to shift them through the walls there. Uh, not only can you do it in the movement phase, you can do it in the charge phase. So if you're playing a list that's got, you know, five, four or five carnivores maybe, um, you very well might be seeing your opponents slam that down with both of their CP in a turn. That might be what they go for. The, the offensive buffs are nice. Like um, if you had a second one, you could dread hounds, which gives you exploding hits. But really you just want to be walking through walls and saying, you didn't think I could get you. I absolutely can. Surprise! Yes, yeah, surprise! <laughs> Kool-Aid man through the door. It's, uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely, as we were saying before the uh, the, the stream, because we are children. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that is, is what it is. Uh, lovely. So, yeah, Chaos Knights is a great one. I will just mention here for Knights, if you're using big Knights, uh, especially if your opponent has multiple big Knights, Tank Shock can be quite a nasty one. It's just a, it's not a guaranteed, but it's as near as makes no difference. They're going to be doing six mortal wounds to you on the charge, especially if they're still running um, Hector Rex, whatever he was called. Not Hector Rex, Lord Hector. Canis Rex. Rex. There we go. I've combined his two names. <laughs> Lovely. All right. Uh, perfect. Moving on. Does anyone else have any that they want to particularly go for next that they've played against perhaps? Or should I just pick one out? Well, just to catch up on that uh, Knights piece. So I played mm. Knights three times at the weekend, uh, which was lovely. So much fun. Um, uh, yeah, it was good, actually. Um, so got Eventually got, well, it's funny, actually. We got 
better at playing them every every game that went past. I was like, oh, okay, I learned something new every time. So it's good. Started with a loss, then I got a win, then I got a draw. So I was quite happy with that. Um, Hold on. You... I got better. Uh, one. No, but then I, I think I think my last opponent was like okay, good, sure, but sure. I managed to eke it out. Um, so yeah, so one of the interesting things to vect um, was the because because my army composition and again like what Chris was saying before, like it depends on what army you're playing. Um, all my all my lot of my units had like toughness twelve, mm. and the reason why you did take toughness twelve is because it's very difficult to wound it. Um, so as soon as a uh, night player can play the squire strategy. I can't remember what it's called. Something of the squire, and you can just pick a bunch of um, armages to shoot at a unit, mm. and they get plus one strength and plus one AP. So all my armor save is two up, and that puts that AP on a five, and it also wounds my three. So absolute disaster. So I vected that uh, so they couldn't do that every turn, which was quite nice. Mm. Um, but I can also see a world where, you know, if you're a tower or something like that, and you're going to try and focus down shots of your marines, and you're going to try and focus down shots at night, uh, when you're rerolling all your hits and all your wounds, and they go, I guess I'm going to have a four up field, a four up invul when they rotate. Um, it's quite nice to vector that, I imagine, there. So I think knights, Imperial Knights are a bit of a funky one because they've got different uh, use cases, and it really, really kind of, they've got like quite a good flexible range of strategies. Yeah, no, that's that's a great shout. That's exactly what Chris was saying earlier. Like, it depends on the mm -hmm. army that you're playing. Uh, there are there are absolutely multiple for Imperial Knights that you might want to affect. The obvious one being the fill up uh, rotate iron shields that you mentioned. In your case, where you're running a lot of T12 and they've got strength 12 weapons, that eight, uh, Knights of the Squire that you said, where it gives them the extra strength and AP, really great shout. Makes you a lot more survivable. Uh, it's almost like popping a fill no pain, but you don't have to. Um, yeah, absolutely. It makes it make them spend the resources as well. Yeah, no, perfect. Problem Great. is, they gain loads of CP as well. So it's it's only if they kill you, warlord. Which I mean, <laughs> to be fair, against <laughs> against uh, Tyranids is not easy to hide because he's a uh, he's not exactly screened out, is he? Okay, fair play, yeah. fair play. You've got me there. Uh, lovely stuff. Well, let's move on to why not? Let's talk about Drakari, the uh, the the progenitors of Vect. Um, they've got a couple of great strats. Anyone got any thoughts on what they'd be vecting against Drakari? Anyone who's played against them? I have played against them twice. Mm -hmm. And they didn't really use many stratagems. So, um, but based off our research, <laughs> we could consider Fire and Fade on Lightning Fast. Those are um, the two that I would I go I think, for. yeah, Lightning Fast was... Um, the one that they use the most, you know, it's just one CP. When Eldar are trying to fire off their bright lances, and you know, it's a three re-rolling, turning it into a four re-rolling obviously does help um, quite a bit. So there was um, the lightning fast in the shooty meta, where um, you know Drakari are obviously a shooting army these days, and they've got some, um, they've got lots of re-rolls and that sort of thing. But they want be they want the ability to be able to use that shooting. So any opportunity for them to keep it alive is important. So um, lightning fast, but obviously having fire and fade, that is a really powerful um, strat used in the um, in the right hands. Absolutely, absolutely. As always, elf bullshit, um, <laughs> making it harder harder to to kill them, or you know. Well, it's just making them harder. You know, it's they're less likely to die because you can't see them because they've uh, fire and faded, or they are minus one to hit. So both fantastic choices there. I yeah. guess it does depend I, on your army. 
Thank Sorry, you to go our ahead. token Australian in the team, Rob. Uh, token Australian. <laughs> oh God, it's he's not. He's not an equality hire. He's very oh. good at the game. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> We're all putting our feet in it tonight. No, Lovely joking. stuff. Well, He's we'll great. move on quickly. Let's let's distract uh, everyone by talking about the big bugbear in the room that wields a stop sign, and it is in fact Gene Steeler Cult. Now, Gene Steeler Cult, um, everyone's favourite army to play against, even when they're not super OP. Everyone loves it, and uh, it definitely doesn't drive them mad and make them have to think really, really hard. But for me, there are two that you would want to to deal with here. The first one is Return to the Shadows, and that is at the end of your opponent's turn, spend one CP and put two units into Strat Reserve, and then they come back in. That is obviously pretty good because it lets you... When your units die, you bring them on as blips really safe in the back of your line. In your opponent's movement phase, at the end of the movement phase, they come back. And then you go, cool, end of your turn, go into reserve. I'm going to come down where I want them to next turn. Um, sucks to suck, because now I have two more units that are just coming to absolutely blow you up. Um, which is you know, just incredibly painful. Lewis, funnily enough, says, what would you guys vect against GSC and why? Uh, this is... <laughs> this is what we do. I should read comments more more quickly. Um, thoughts on the positional play there? Is that one that you think you're going to keep turning it over, can't you? And as you say, like, we yeah. take an army like Grey Knights, who a lot of people are really interested in because of that ability. Um, and it's just so powerful to be able to move around the board, especially with the card situation, finding mm. weak spots. Um, so, yeah, that is obviously a spacey meatball. Yeah, to your point there, Chris, like, the amount of points you can score just by being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And anything that puts you in reserve, puts you in deep strike, gets free movement, seems to be a running theme of things that are powerful. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So uh, that's a good forerunner. And I am drip feeding these. And there's a good reason because uh, option two, uh, one with the shadows. So after you target your opponent, and the people are apparently disagreeing on this one, I think that this means that the unit that shoots them first still gets to shoot them, but people seem to be under the impression that it actually stops you from targeting them. Effectively, what it does is after you have targeted a unit, sorry, once you have targeted a Gene Stealer Cult unit, the Gene Stealer player uses the strap for 1 CP, and it gives them cannot be targeted outside of 12 inches and stealthy. Uh, I believe that means that subsequent units can't attack it. Some people believe that it means that if you're targeting it from outside of 12 inches, you don't get to target it and you have to pick another target. It's already incredibly strong, even if mm. it's just the first case, which is the initial unit get to target it. We'll have to so maybe see some clarification on that one. Uh, but that is, in a shooting meta, absolutely backbreaking, especially because you can bring it in with um, rapid ingress and you can just come in 12.1 inches away and just say, you're not going to shoot me. How are you going to deal with this? Yeah, um, I know that at the weekend they ruled it the the other way to, to what you're saying, Ed. Because uh, I remember standing next to Lee when he got his uh, Desolation squad ready to shoot a squad. Yeah. And he was all ready. He was rubbing his hands together. He picked up the dice and his opponent went, nah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I, I disagree with that interpretation of it. But um, I, I guess agree. currently it will be down to the, to uh, the tournament organizer. I will just say, good hammer writer. Tom Loam, uh, he he played it the way that I'm saying, you know. So, got that as a, a notch in our our belts there. So, we'll have to see. We'll have to wait for a bit more clarification. It reads pretty clearly to me, but who can say? 
And then uh, there's a third one for GSE. Um, and this one, yeah, because because obviously there is. Why would you only have two? Uh, there's one called Coordinated Trap. Now, this is it is 2CP to start with. However, you select two Gene Steel Occult units that have not been selected to shoot or fight this turn. And they can only target uh, a single unit. So you've got to put them into the uh, the same unit. Um, I guess you can just target something that doesn't need to shoot if you're confident with the first unit killing it. But you get plus one to wound against that unit. So you can really bring the pain because, as we all know, GSC like popping up, unloading an unreasonable amount of shots at sort of like mid-strength, mid-AP, mid-damage. If you can dial that up to 11 by giving them not only, you know, reroll hits perhaps from a character, all the other shenanigans they can get, plus one to wound, suddenly it suddenly makes them character killing, uh, not character, sorry, vehicle killing units as well. Mm. So there's three there. One that makes them more killing, one that makes them more positional, and one that makes them harder to kill. Have you got any front runners for the armies that you two play? Because I think GSC really, really depend on what you're playing into them to which of those three you want to bet. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, when you've got those options, it is very much a what what works um, for you. And it's the ones that I mean, I don't, I haven't played GSC, so I guess I'll be good boy. I, uh, I can't wait for that first experience at like a, an important yeah, point. I think point. I've had three games. Um, but so from my perspective i'm thinking right are they killing my stuff without the plus one to wound so um in my experience you know my kind of elder lists i'm building at the moment are kind of like 15 16 units with all which all can kill something they've all got that output but you can kill whatever you want really because it's not really that big a deal you've killed generally 80 to 100 points so the plus one to wound thing is um, kind of a, well, are you going to die? I mean, until I play GSC, I don't know whether they will just kill our stuff anyway. I can't say. Um, but the not being able to shoot things, unless I'm really close, that's quite annoying. Because um, obviously a lot of the Eldar guns are kind of designed to be a bit further away. Black, 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 send out your warp spiders to go score your cards and flame something to shit whilst um, you're blapping from the background. And oh, you're tabled. Oh, that was a fun game. Thanks for the <laughs> um so just off the top of my head i guess kind of that one um i think it would be the one where they can kind of keep coming i don't know it, in my mind i'm like well the units will keep coming back anyway mm -hmm. and because you can string from the blip to wherever you want basically like is the fact that don't they just get that positional aspect to an extent anyway especially if they're dropping in your half and then because they come down in your in their half because they come down at the end of your movement phase i guess it's a little harder to do they can't just sort of like daisy chain out into the open without fear of reprisal mm. uh they can but they need to use a strap for it uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and they can only use the strap once which is important to note um well and the entire entire no 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 no, no just when you you target them i yeah. don't think they've got a way of using a strap and the, oh no there's a nexus who can they can okay they can use it twice but they can only use it twice, so don't yeah, worry about it. Check that uh, Nexus wording. If it yeah, says only one, I, I, one Nexus in the yeah, army, one Nexus. You can't, you can't okay. do it on multiple. But uh, of course, they do have the, uh, the the typical captain ability to use a strat at the time that's already been used. But... Lovely. So you get it for yeah. free. Uh, I can't remember if you do, but probably because yeah. that book is is cracked. I, I do want to just say <laughs> I think the book is incredibly well written. It's just yeah. tuned way too high. Um, so I'm looking forward to maybe giving them a run out when they get nerfed a bit. That would be quite a lot of fun. 
But yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, you, you're spawn. With your Eldar list, Chris, things would just fall over, even if they use the plus one to wound strat or not. Uh, they absolutely don't want to be putting two units into one of yours. Your most expensive unit's probably like 150 points if we don't count that you can't, because mm-hmm. they're probably not going to be getting their hands on her, assuming that you've positioned reasonably well. But, you know, so uh, great chant there. I, I think it depends. Against a fast moving army i would really like getting rid of the return to the shadows where they come back and they get positional play um because if you can out position them i think that's your 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 winning move if you can really bring the pain down and keep them penned in a corner that's probably the best way to go all right let's go for something a little bit lighter um something that people really enjoy playing against we've got necrons uh necrons as everyone knows are back to their their early ninth edition glory where you'd have an unkillable warrior brick and they just never die uh now it's lich guard or or warriors you can do both to be fair um you can give them a four feel no pain a four pin one i believe uh you can just make them incredibly frustrating to kill you put the two um what are they called the little canoptic buddies with the claws oh um... Yeah, lovely. Yep. Two Crippeth rolls in a squad. They die first every time. You've got to slow roll all your attacks because they have, you know, the mixed uh, defense. Well, well, slow roll the slave save, so it's a really slow experience to to get through. Uh, and then after that, they use a stratagem, and that stratagem is called, and it's a stupid name, so I've completely forgotten. Protocol, Protocol of, the undying... Sorry, of the Undying Legion. Thank you, Davey, saving my ass there. Um, basically, in your opponent's shooting or fight phase, after an enemy has resolved its attacks, you get to reanimate um, D3 wounds. If you've got a character in there, it's D3 plus one, and then you can do all of the other bullshit that Necrons can do at the moment where you buff up the reanimations. I believe it ends up being something like D3 plus three on the Lich Guard um, twice a turn, because it only costs one CP, so you do it in their shooting phase, you do it in their fight phase, and you just make them unbelievably hard to uh, to chew through. Because they're hard to shift from the star, right? The Lich Guard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, we've seen GSC players saying that they've taken them entire turns and entire armies to chew through one brick of models, which is pretty insane because that that army has really, really high output. Um, when I was playing Eldar, I wasn't super worried about it. I was like, oh, I'll just decanon it to death. I'm sure that'll be fine. But now I think there might be some some actual concerns because they've got some some pretty chunky feel no paints there as well. Yeah. No need for discussion on that one, I guess. I, no, I, I think that's number one, right? Well, yeah, the current um, build is survive, isn't it? So, anytime which is such a boring can... play, way of playing Necrons. Anytime you Always. can get through, um, trying to make that less appealing to them or not as feasible. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like that's the uh, that's the angle GW go down with them every time, right? Is like, how do we make these guys really sturdy? And yeah, like, oh man, no one wants to be no one wants to be the sturdy guy. <laughs> you know, there's no like superhero. Hey, hey there's the a lot of really, who... really vocal Death Guard players who are just like, I just want to live, um, and then get <laughs> tabled by any of the top factions because, oh my god, too many. Yeah, too many. but they 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 kind of slap in combat. They've got some cool tools, but like, yeah, no one's like <laughs> that tenth edition st- phase that doesn't exist. Well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Or in ninth, in that, then at least. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, like no one wants to be the Avenger that's like sturdy man, the man who doesn't die. Like his film would be rubbish. Or her, his or her film would be rubbish. Yeah. Um, perfect. 
<laughs> that's just throwing me off um yeah no sturdy man indeed that is uh that is true it's it's an incredibly um incredibly boring way of playing necrons and it's why i shelved my necrons in ninth edition i was really excited for them to to come back i don't know if anyone was watching a couple of the early episodes and I was yeah like, I oh that. it's no longer the the mildly inconvenient tune, they are, yeah woo! and then the rest of the rules came out it's like um oh, there's not oh, really oh, you've got to have stuff leading it so you know maybe when the uh the codex comes out there'll be some more interesting builds that i i find appealing but uh, we jack's um jack's see. put a good question in chat um vect does vec affect zero cp strats um yes and that's more important when you've got an ability that makes your strats zero cp like the space ring captain uh the way that works it's shown in the the commentary uh you set it to the value of zero and then the modifier goes on so it would become Say, for example, you used it on a 1CP strat, it would become 2CP, and then if a captain used it, it would still cost a CP to use. So you can't get around me making your strats cost more by just bringing captains. Um, it's unacceptable behavior. I won't allow it. The other thing you mentioned is Overwatch. Sure. Uh, Vectin Overwatch. I think, that's, uh, I think that is a great shout. It really depends on who you're facing against. Um, if you are playing against a, an Imperial Knight player who has a Valiant... Lewis. Or a Wraith Knight, which is maybe something that you'll see more of, to be fair. Now that you can only use a single Fate Die per turn, it's less scary, but it's still pretty terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone with lots of flamers as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> flamers, D-weapons, big flamers. I think that pretty much succinctly sums it up. Um, D-weapons is an interesting title. Cool. Yeah, D-scythe, D D-cannons. Oh, all right. Yeah, I think I think I might change my name from Swissly to D Weapon. That sounds like a really cool It's just what your wife <laughs> This is that two thousand and two AIM username that you always wanted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um lovely stuff. Well, it is a fitting time. Let's talk about Tau. Uh and I know I know that two were suggested by our resident Tau expert himself. But I actually disagree. So he said uh, Stim Injectors and Strike and Fade. I think Strike and Fade is a fantastic ability. Um, and to be fair, I haven't played much 10th edition Tau. Uh, I haven't played it any myself and I haven't played against much. But I just see Strike and Fade as being sort of the seminal Tau ability. Um, you want to bring your guns to bear and then you want to be not shot back. And then especially in a shooting meta, that's usually very important. But the um, the stim injector, it's only a six up feel no pain. I don't know if that moves the needle for me. If I'm picking a single stratagem to to turn off, I don't know if a single six up feel no pain makes enough difference for me, especially because the first time they pop it is probably the most value they're going to get out of it, uh, unless they just sort of use it frivolously on a small unit and then you go, ha ha, now I can kill your big unit and make it harder for you. What are your thoughts on those ones, chaps? Is it two CP to start with? The the six no the the six plus fill up pain is one CP in fire. One CP is... strike and fade is two, which I yeah. think if you price it to three becomes basically unusable. It, unusable, yeah. yeah. I do think the value is there. Yeah. Yeah, out of those two, I'd go strike and fade. Yeah. And that, yeah, as Jack says on the chat, it's, he's spamming stim injectors. He's one CP, and why not? That is fair. That is absolutely fair. Um, I guess, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe I'm just going to get more reps into town. Like, yeah. you shoot into them, you're like, is that six up 
from like you can see why the tau player would just keep using it because the strats are crap and why not yeah as the opposing player are you probably going to kill the thing anyway or does the six up skew the math enough and yeah that's true if i'm time, if I'm firing fire prisms into six wound battle suits because they've got double mm. shield gens, uh, shield drone, sorry, then yeah, that actually probably does make a big difference. So fair play, fair play. I think perhaps maybe Overwatch with Tau, especially when you're going from turn four onwards, like the exploding hits is pretty obnoxious. Mm, that's true. That is true. So I think it depends on maybe maybe what you've killed, right, or what you're planning to kill, etc. Like how you see the game plan panning out. Mm. Um, because if you're if you're if it's going to be a um, a big fight turn three onwards, then maybe yeah. you are going to need to to do that Overwatch one. But if you are going to you know you think you can cripple them early doors, then maybe you just do that fire and fade so they can't like get away from you, wiggle out of your grasp. Absolutely, no escape from the swizzly grasp. Sorry, that makes you sound. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not what I meant. We'll <laughs> move on. Uh, custodies. The Leave the toilet humor to me, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, custodies, they have got some insane stratagems. If it looked anything like ninth edition, where melee was good, I would say you'd want to use their um, unwavering sentinels, which is their stratagem that gives them fight first. An insane ability. Obviously, now whoever has fights first um, and is, it isn't their turn is the one who will hit first. So it's almost impossible for a melee army to deal with a custodies army. You've got to get multiple charges off, and Lord help you if they've got you know a Trajan who can give fights first, and then the Strat to give fights first as well. You can make it very difficult to get the attacks through in the place that you want them to go through. However, we're not in ninth edition; we're in tenth edition, which is significantly less melee based. So I guess the one for me that really makes the difference uh, is, and I've forgotten the name of it, Arcane Genetic okay. Alchemy. Yep. Minus one damage. Minus one damage on a big brick of Wardens, a 10-man Warden brick, is so back-breaking for so many armies. Yeah. Like, I don't know and the math on a three-wound model as well, right? Four if you give them shields. Four if yeah, they're Terminators. Rough. Yeah, yeah. Um, suddenly you go from needing two two damage weapons to kill a unit to maybe three maybe four um that's yeah it's, it's, it's... And when they're on a one-up saving cover oh yeah absolutely it's uh it is absolutely brutal they are very tanky to deal with um i guess the other one that you could go with was uh slayers of nightmares if you're playing a, a vehicle heavy list if you're playing knights for example uh, that is plus one to wound against vehicle or monsters in combat just makes it because they they don't generally have a great time killing vehicles natively. Uh, they're not too bad at it with the lethal hits and some of the units get rerolls. Yada yada. Plus one to wound is a, a big. It moves the needle a lot when you're killing like a T12 model. I would say. Yeah, the thing I like about doing it for arcane genetic alchemy is the fact there's two CP to start with. Yeah. Um, putting that up to three CP um, is yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it very hard for your opponent to uh, to plan for if you know keeping two CP is doable. You've just got to not do anything in your turn, and then it'll become your opponent's turn. And cool, I can use the stratagem. You have to not do anything in your opponent's turn, then your turn, and then your opponent's turn again. Um, unless you've got some way of generating CP, which to be fair, I guess you can probably fit in. Um, 
My brain's falling out my ears. I think maybe the, one of the Inquisitors can generate CP, but uh, there's probably some way of doing it for custodies because yeah, they are the golden boys. I mean, surely, um, what's his name? The big big man, Trojan. Polaris? Trojan. Um, he can like you could uh, ninth. You could you could use a stratagem and then he could get it back on a farm, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think he does now. Oh, Jack has a great point. Um, he says vecting the resin model is nice if you have a high number of one damage weapons. I haven't played any armies with that spam one damage weapon, so I haven't thought about that. But that is that is big. Hmm. Just being able to res a model every turn for one CP is a huge value when all the custodies models are like 50, 60 points. It's so, <laughs> pretty yeah. good. And pretty good. bonus movement is always hilarious with, with that sort of stratagem. It was great with the Chaos, um, Chaos Terminators back in 9th edition. It's great with uh, everyone now. He also says Desolation Marines just as a standalone sentence, and I don't know what that means. He understands 10th edition. Yeah. The, the statement yeah. is Desolation Marines, um, given nothing else the Marines can learn. I see, I see. So um, he's, I think, bemoaning the fact that Desolation Marines kill five fucking <laughs> Custodian Guard in cover, um, because that is a reasonable thing to do. Um, Rob says CP reroll could be great in low unit count armies. Uh, that might be true. I haven't played against any armies that spam out a CP reroll. It always felt like a trap mm. to use, even when we had more CP back in 9th edition. It felt like a, a drain on your resources that often wasn't worthwhile, and you have to have a lot of um, discipline with not using it. But uh, in an army that's trying to make a lot of long charges, perhaps, or has very swingy but high damage weapons i could see that being the case if you you know again maybe the valiant and it's going to harpoon you every turn or something along those lines there's probably a better mm. example in there as jack said desolation marines let's move on to the adeptus astartes have either of you played many games into space marines yeah man played two two in barcelona Ah, yes. Well, I'll not be cruel and ask you what strat names they were using because they probably <laughs> told you in Spanish and that would be pretty unreasonable for me to ask you to translate. Well, they actually just called it Armour of Contempt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, Armour of Contempt. A lot of the words, they, they would say things in Spanish and then all of a sudden just go to like, I don't know, um, invulnerable save. You know, yeah. just, like, just, just okay. flinging in the English terms where there's no, no Spanish term for it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Armour of Contempt is a great one. Um, this is probably if you're seeing a lot of Terminator bricks, which we might well see. Uh, mm. But yeah, Jack is right in chat. It is indeed Storm of Fire. Uh, I would be slamming that down because every good uh, Space Marine player worth his salt is going to be bringing 10 Desolation Marines. Not anymore. If you're running 15, stop. This is a PSA. Stop doing it. I don't want to have to spend the entire edition telling you that 10, 15 is too many. 10 is the correct number. Um, so it's gonna you're going to have 10 Desolation Marines in one squad, and you're going to attach a character with Bolter Discipline, so they're getting their exploding sixes, and then you're going to make them devastate a Doctrine, either through adaptive uh, strategy or through putting them in Doctrine just through your own ability, which gives them you know exploding hits on fives, and then you're going to Storm of Fire, and that's going to give them Ignore Cover that they already have already, because the data sheet is just busted. Uh, but it's also giving them AP1 as well, which makes them go from killing not that much to oh god yeah. this is unpleasant like i said before they kill five custodian guard in cover equipped with spears it is a truly truly brutal ability 
Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they don't have the desolates. I think. Um, I think you don't necessarily need to go that way. But yeah, if, if they, if have they don't have the desolation marines, you should probably just win. <laughs> yeah, there is also that, right? There is um, also that. Yeah. I, to be fair, you you could run. You could make an army without desolation marines. I don't know why you would, but I think the players. Because you have respect you... for the models you play, and you don't want to take stupid looking models. That's fair. That's fair. But if I come up against someone like that, I'm going to have a great time playing them, and then I'm going to feel very confident beating them, whether or not you know I fetch the correct strategy or not. Indeed. Um, what about their What about their dark side? What about the CSM Ed? The CSM now CSM have two really good strategies, uh, strategies, stratagems, uh, and the first one is the one that's probably the most frustrating. Uh, which is Dark Obscuration. Yes. So, yes, yes, yes. Yes. It gives a unit stealth. That's fine. It's not that exciting. Um, but all of the CSM strats, or not all of them, but uh, four of them have an additional ability if you have a mark that corresponds. If you have the mark of Nurgle, it just gives them lone operative. You can't target them if they're more than 12 inches away. And yeah. Yep. How are you better deal with that? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, rough. Yeah, and this is an army that absolutely wants to be rapid ingressing. Um, they they will take Abaddon, they will take their 10 Terminators, and they'll either walk them up the board, which they absolutely can do, or they'll bring them down in your turn, and they'll bring them in 12.1 inches away, and you then can't interact with them. And my god, they are some rip and tear boys when they get there. They are absolutely brutal. Uh, the one I played, I played a very lovely chap uh, called Peter, and in uh, teams this weekend, and he had nearly a thousand points of obliterators. With uh, two of them had the mark of Nurgle, one of them was um, undivided. Undivided. And uh, yeah, they just put him out in the open and was like, I was like, yeah. oh, great, shoot these now. No, 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 no. Yeah, pain. And they are damage six, and they can do indirect fire once a game. Yeah, obliterators are really good. Really, yeah, really good. Rough, man. Um, Brian does bring up the second stratagem that you might consider vecting, which is profane zeal. Um, so again, it's a re-roll, a hit roll of one and a wound roll of one. That's not bad. But if you're Chaos Undivided, you get to re-roll all hits and wounds. That's right. Um, now, I don't want to bang on you know, on a, a broken drum in the addition of less rerolls, uh, that's a pretty powerful ability, especially when you, you know, you might not have as many anti-tank weapons if you're playing um, CSM as you might do as some of the other armies, such as Eldar with their strength 18 fire prisms. Uh, being able to reroll hits and wounds is very strong. You might put that on Forge Fiends. You might put it on uh, Obliterators, who can come yep. down and just absolutely light something up. Or, again, you can put it on Abaddon because his squad has every keyword because that he's champion of all the gods. I guess it makes sense, but my God, it is brutal. It is such a brutal combination. <laughs> Hot take, Chris, out of those two, which one do you want to get rid of more? Which one do you want to make too expensive to use? I'm going to say the one where I can't shoot them because I want to outshoot my enemy. I'm highly efficient at shooting sure you can re-roll your hits and wounds great cool you can kill my 80 point hornet i don't mind um but um me not getting to shoot you um and kill you kill, kill your 150 point unit my 80 point unit well, that's sad times so i would um yeah i would be vecting that so would argue that's balance, not allowing an 80 point unit to kill a 150 point unit oh, but I, I agree i think it's absolutely disagree but carry yeah. on 
Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. I'm on your side. I just wanted to bring up that there, there is a, another point of view. I don't <laughs> hold it. Someday, uh, some would say, not me, not me, but absolutely. You know, uh, Davy, give me your thoughts on this one, Milan. Yeah, same. Really. Um, it again depends on the. So at the weekend, I um, vected Prof and Zeal because I had essentially 11 models because I was playing turned knights, <laughs> right? So so obviously I don't want them re-rolling wounds into my my big boys. Whereas, and actually shooting wasn't a big part of my strategy in that game anyway. So, if it, it, but if it comes down to a, if I've got a shooting army, if blah, 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 Dark Obscuration is the most frustrating thing in the world because it's it's the whole flying hive tyrant again, right? With Overrun, they can interact with you, you can't interact with them. And, and, um, and being able to put it on a squad that rapid ingresses, so you don't even get yeah. to move to counteract it. It's very much a oh, I've got nothing I can do other than screen this out. Is uh, is pretty brutal. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. It's it just it, it's uh, it's doing something in your opponent's turn as well that they weren't necessarily expecting. That hurts a lot more than something they can see coming. I think it's called Infernal Rites, which is their Armour of Contempt. It already costs two, and you make it cost three, uh, not because that's... <laughs> um, and then and then you lose because, you know, Abaddon just walks up, uh, comes in 12.18 inches away from fives and charges seven, and you go, oh, trap that they weren't going to use anyway. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. What else have we got that's worth talking about? Um, Death Watch, yeah, Death Watch. Uh, I, think, I, I think there's two... So Deathwatch can kind of do a similar sort of thing to Gene Steeler Cult. Uh, they've got an ability called Teleportarium, a strat called Teleportarium, where you pick up one unit or the way I'm reading it is I think you can use it on turn one in your opponent. Say they're going to strat reserve. That might just be wishful thinking. Deep strike, not into strat reserve, deep strike, and then bring them in wherever you want them to. Very cool. You could just go, cool, I'm going to give a captain, I'm going to, and then turn two, I'm just going to come down and put four units wherever the buffs. So they've got three different ammunition types. They've got Hellfire rounds. Cracker. Kraken rounds and something that nobody's going to use. Dragonfire rounds. Uh, it's Kraken rounds. That's the one that's uh, that's quite good. It increases the range of the weapons by six inches in the squad yeah. that you put it on. And again, it's one squad or two kill teams. Um, and it increases the AP of their weapons by one. Uh, quite a lot of good weapons with an 18-inch range. Uh, I don't know if you can get hold of multi-melters, but if you could, that would make it so you could bring them in melter range. You could even put um, like eradicators into deep strike and bring them in and extend their range. And suddenly you're putting some really powerful melter into like a big knight. That might be something you do. Lots of really strong applications for that one. Um, have you got you two got any thought about what you'd prefer to nerf? I guess it depends on the the army you're playing against. Yeah, I mean, I know Gaylord likes to talk about the tell powerful the teleportorium. Um, one is just because it enables you to generate so many different angles, right? So um, I guess it'd be that one. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. uh, the other one you can maybe get around by being in cover, but yeah. Uh, I think there are ways to ignore cover with Death Watch as well. But, Probably. Uh, <laughs> I, th I would say for me, I think the AP and range on a stick is more powerful purely because Space Marines are quite expensive. So they're going to get one turn where they pick up units and put them in your back lines. But then do they have the units to do it a second time? Um, that would be... So, it's it's something to consider that you're not maybe getting as much value the second time to use it. Whereas 
all they have to do is have two units alive to get the full value out of the uh, the extra range and AP strat. So uh, I, I might be tempted to go with that one, but I think both are really valid choices, and it depends what you're playing there. Um, mm. I guess we should do a couple more chaos ones. Let's do demons and thousand suns, and then we'll maybe wrap that up. Look at some viewer questions. Call it an early one because I can see some. I get the viewer ones. questions. I'll have a look in Discord now ahead of the game. Well, uh, I believe it was you that brought up the demon one. Uh, can you remember the name of the demon strat? That uh... I can't remember. It's it's called deep strike within three inches. Uh, three inches. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. That was. <laughs> if you couldn't remember, that was what I was going with. Um, but yes, there is a stratagem that lets you deep strike over three inches away uh, as with all of those obviously you can't charge afterwards because that would be insane but uh, being able to do that is just incredibly powerful you can get where you need to be jobs yeah. are good and it's very hard to screen out and uh, good for denying primary and scoring certain cards yeah, absolutely. That's that meme, isn't it? Of the uh, when pointing my eyes. This is my objective now. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. I hold the objective now. Yeah, it's the uh, that one there. Perfect. Yeah, I don't think there's really much uh, that you can go for. I mean, you can advance and charge uh, with a stratagem. Um, you can give your abilities more AP. But I think the one that is most sort of, I'm going to slam that down at least twice. Uh, absolutely going to be the deep strike within three inches. I wish you yeah. could vect that for uh, Gene Silicon. Oh, I guess you can. Um, I was going to say, but it's only strat number four, there, isn't it? And we didn't discuss yeah. it, did we? But that, that just talks about how how good GSC are. That that's not even on the list of things that I probably. There's only which wants to drop down and then fire off loads of demo charges in four different targets from yeah. three inches away. That's uh, quite good, isn't it? Yeah, don't worry, guys. They only happen fives. There's no way they can be good, <laughs> right, guys? Guys, <laughs> right? Um, I'm looking forward to play play against Tom. Um, please play a game to Tom. Uh, well, I, I, just, I knew do need to play. He play with GSC at the moment. You want sorry? He won't play with GSC at the moment. He's on the Well, just hype, play him at an event. He'll uh, and then he'll well, we are going to the same event in um, in two weekends time. It's like a 24 man event. So there's yeah. Oh, just leave in the final event. Yeah, all uh... round two, which is, seems more likely. Oh, you mean yeah. the captain of the submarine, Chris? Yeah. I only play. Oh I God, I forgot about who, that. Uh, <laughs> losing, <laughs> losing, losing streak. God, six, six and zero, baby. So far in tenth. Yeah. I'm fuming already. <laughs> Absolutely fuming. Um, lovely. Well, back on track. Uh, Thousand Suns. Thousand Sons have quite a lot of good stuff in their book. Mm. They're not as good as people had initially thought them to be. I had also pegged them mm. as sort of like the second best once we'd seen. We were sort of like a week into 10th edition. They looked quite scary. Um, not really seeing them as much as I'd expected to, which is quite interesting. Maybe when some armies see a round of nerfs, they'll be one of the top dogs there. Um, but the, the big sort of damage threat that I see in that book is the... You take Magnus... And he gives you plus one hit and plus one to wound to all psychic weapons. Um, you can use your army ability to give them devastating wounds, sustained hits, lethal hits, any of the three to all psychic weapons. And you put uh, a 10-man Terminator brick next to Magnus. And then you spend a CP on Ensorcelled Infusion. And that makes them all, all their weapons, all their bolt weapons effectively, um, psychic and gives them strength five. Which means suddenly you're wounding things on fours like Terminators. Um, and you're plus one to hit and wound, so you're actually wounding them on threes. You're wounding big knights on fives. 
you can have lethal hits, you can have devastating wounds. It just turns the unit from being sort of very mild slaps to, oh god, oh god, they're killing me. Which is a great combination to have. Hmm. So, do we have anyone who's playing Thousand Sons actively at the moment? Because I do need to. No, Lee's that. not that. Lee's our Thousand Sons player, but he's not. Yeah. He's I mean, been I playing think... some um, Chaos Knights with yeah. Fate Weaver, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. yeah I he was Thousand Sons. Um, yeah. But yeah. it was our first ever game of Tenth, so we were more focusing on you can do what? Or you can't do what? <laughs> Rapid Ingress, what? Yeah, yeah Lee, Lee, Lee Churchill played them at the weekend and he was just like, he just kept looking over at me and my table going, they can, they can do all this <laughs> shit. Like, what? Yeah, the best armies in the game do seem to have that uh, ability to be like, hold on, you can do what? Yeah. Um, of course, some of that is just Eldari being like, you can you can do so, what? You can re-roll your dice, can you? Great. Uh, you re-rolling, mate. Yeah, why not? Yeah. To be fair, for, yeah. for, for T-Sons, it's still simpler than bloody Cabal points from last time. Oh, don't oh, worry. Great. They've still got cabal points. Oh no, sure, but I mean, the way it was in in last sure, edition, sure. You, you would you would pull up a chair and go and spend twenty minutes in the psychic phase. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's less the cabal points and more the cabal plus spell combination. But you're absolutely yeah. right. The psychic phase. Oh, the phase cabal player. Like, yeah. Yes. Lovely. All right. Perfect. Well, I think we've gone through all the important ones. Um, what we'll do is we'll go through any chat, any questions in the Discord. Okay. Uh, if there's any in there that you want us to talk about that we haven't gone to, quick, chuck it in the chat in the next couple of minutes. We'll get to it after we've done the questions. And uh, then we'll we'll call it a wrap there and we can all go to Betty Buys because we're all old men and we need yes. to sleep. Some Indeed. of us more than others. Um, lovely so, stuff. I've got I one think... question here from Blood Render. What are your preferred ways to go about adapting lists? I think we talked about that one last week. Am I? Oh, did you? Yeah, that, that was on the uh, it was on the eleventh. To be fair, which is literally yeah. yeah we okay, next one, next one, next one, next uh, one. When playing a predominantly shooting, oh, this is from Ultimate Funk. When playing a predominantly shooting or melee, I guess army, how much thought should you give to the other side of things? Is it ever worth popping a couple of melee units in your in your gunfest army? Or some shooter units in your melee army. Is it better to sprinkle a couple in, or just double down on your army strength? Uh, I have strong thoughts on this. Do you want to go first, Chris? <laughs> so you can tell me I'm wrong. Excellent. No, well, no. <laughs> I, I you have the correct guys having different opinions here. Um, so I think that it depends entirely on what your book um, has to offer. I think so. Um, like you take Tau, you know, a classic example, and in their shooting army, yeah, you could put in the crew because they have a better combat than a fire warrior, but that isn't why you're putting crew into your list. But conversely, if you put, and this was in ninth, if you put the, um, you know, that good or singing commander in, actually, he was able to deal a lot of damage. He offered you that extra dimension. I think, I mean, so from my perspective, and this is, you know, everyone has list styles that they like. I always like, I hate not having that counter charge unit. Um, I, I hate the fact that, yeah, I'm going to try and blow you off the table, but if you get there, I'm kind of stuffed. So I would, whatever army I've got, I would try and lean in to having just something that could shift it, but it has to be good at the job. It has to be actually effective at that um, role. And it also has to fit into your overall game plan of how you're trying to win the game. Um, but yeah, that's kind of me. Chris, this you is why you're right. Why. 
Oh, oh, wow. oh I, I absolutely yeah, agree. Um, I, it's a little different in 10th edition because there's not a lot of good melee in the game right now. Yeah. Um, I Let me just think. I don't think I had any... I kind of had melee in my uh, Eldar list in that the Wraith, uh, Wraith Guard <laughs> yeah. combat. Best combat um, in the game. Yeah, yeah, which is which is fantastic, obviously. Um, they were never a counter-charge unit, but I did charge with them, so that is something. Yeah. Um, I think in 10th edition you can get away with having no no melee, and that's really sad. Uh, yeah. I, I think that is going to change over the next six to eight months. We will see more skew away from shooting. People will learn the melee combat phase better. Hopefully the balance readdresses some things. Some of the uh, worse armies like uh, World Eaters, uh, in terms of like worse equipped for 10th edition, uh, get a new lease in life when they're able to. You know, as, as terrain formats adapt as well, we'll probably see a lot more like real punishing angles when people realize, oh, going first and shooting my opponent off the board kind of gets old real quick. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of, I never go more than like a, an 80-20 split if I can help it. 10th edition notwithstanding. Um, so if I was playing a melee army, I'd want at least 20% of my army able to do pretty decent. Keeps your opponent honest, doesn't it? You know, like there's nothing does, better yeah. than playing an opponent and, oh, you're all combat excellent. I mean, they can stand out in the open and blast yeah. you as if they've got a little bit of shooting. Like, well, I can't actually just throw this unit out in the open. I 100% I agree. Like, I, I think orcs are the exception because they're so fast and they cover the entire board. But any time I've played a pure melee army in ninth edition, I've kind of just been like, cool. So this is a free game. I just need to play it out correctly. And then, you know, I don't have to think too much. And I can go into the next round with a little bit more brain power than I might have done if I'd had to play something a little more difficult. Um, if you're playing a full melee army and you don't have the ability to shoot, you're going to get to turn three. They're going to be stood on an objective. You can't meaningfully reach them um, unless you've somehow positioned incredibly and your opponent can't respond to that. Uh, and vice versa, if you're playing an all-shooting army and something just gets close, but it's at an angle that you can't reach because of the shooting. Um, I really did enjoy having two melee commanders in my tower. I had Farsight and I had the reroll hits and wounds flamer guy. The reroll hits and wounds flamer guy would do, he'd pick up units in the shooting phase. Uh, and then I could fire and fade him closer. And then I'd charge something as well. And just like that positional play that you get from killing stuff after fighting them really makes a difference in terms of getting your opponents off objectives, especially now that um, <clears throat> ob object secured. Objective secured. There we go. Uh, now that that's gone and you've just got OC, having a model like an OC one model suddenly is less. Yeah, is is less important because you can just leave them on one model and be like, cool, you don't get the objective. So I, I absolutely agree with your point. And I'd add that in this current world of shooting, if you're looking to add combat, a really helpful thing is actually just that it's providing reach for your army. Um, so from an Eldari perspective, you know, you take like stri uh, striking scorpions, they don't really do much. Um, and because there's no redeploy before knowing who's going first, or heaven forbid, howling banshees, like they just don't offer anything. But solitaire, mm. like solitaire goes far, has precision, gives you that opportunity to get to those really key characters that maybe you can't draw an angle on. Um, the incarn for the teleporting, you know, you shoot something, incarn appears, and then gets to charge, call out a challenge, blah blah blah, kill the character. Um, like those sorts of things where you've got reach. It's not so much about the age of that big 10-man possessed block that are going to just come through and smash face. They are one of the few melee units you might still see in 10th edition, so that was an unfortunate example. Well, they, I it's definitely when I played it, it was shit. So, uh, but I think the like the, those guys that can sneak into small spaces, I think they're far more useful. 
Yeah, Solitaire is an absolute badass, and uh, I'd love to fit it into more of my lists. It was one of the most fun models that I used when I was playing. In an Eldar list, it's just so expensive. The, the, the problem is, it's 150 points I will absolute, absolutely pay. Uh, 115, that's 1.5, uh, in case I slurred my words. But the problem is, you kind of got to put it in a transport as well. And at that point, you're like, Ooh, it's, it's getting pricey. Because I'd love to put it in one of the Harlequin transports, but then what am I putting in with it? Five Harlequins? They do, but just the extra reach you get for the transport, yeah. being able to like positionally like move the transport up to a staging ruin and then get out of the transport, and it's very difficult for your opponent to deal with that, even if they have melee, because they have to go and kill the transport. And like, oh, cool! I, I can't kill the thing inside in the melee phase as well. Mm. Um, so it's it's I found it difficult to fit the solitaire in as as fun as it was to use. Lovely cool. stuff. Any thoughts on that, or you just want to move on to the next question? Um, oh yeah, I guess um, I'm. I uh, one of the things I'm probably one of my weakest bits is list building. But the um, I think one of the interesting, or the way I kind of look at it is, is is around build arounds. So it's something I used to do in Magic: The Gathering. Is you look at what's the best card you can get in X color. Can I make that card exponentially better through other things that I put in that army? So what synergies can you can you pull up? Um, and that's kind of how I how I tend to build. And whether that is, and, and so there's that kind of exponential um, leaning into that strength. And then you add also, can I score points with this? So then it's a mixture of that strength and um, units that can just do bits for you, really. Um, not expensive, et cetera. But that's about really the kind of generally the way I build. Um, cool. And then uh, and then that's all the questions we have there. But we do have one in chat. What do you think of the new Tyranid sculpts? Oh, I'm very excited. It almost made me carry on painting my Tyranids. Almost. Almost. Uh, almost. They are probably the army that I would look to be building up alongside. Yeah, what happened, man? You and me, we did the, uh, the Nid reveal. We did day well, one, I, and you were you there talking. About I the have nearly finished my second zone trope, so just another sixteen to go. Um, no, what happened was I started painting um, Eldar, but um, yeah, I over wonder why. Holidays, <laughs> over the summer <laughs> holidays, I've uh, that's my that's my goal. Obviously, when do we know when the codex is due? I think it was just September, late I think summer. October. Yeah, early early autumn. I'm hesitant to like start painting too much of just but i think i'll just over the holidays i'll just paint I a variety of things and we'll see i what think happens. they've said that data sheets are meant to stay pretty much the same so it oh, feels really? like you're more safe to paint things with a codex coming up than you were in previous yeah. editions yeah. they have a habit of making zone throw ups really really good anyway yeah that they, one they are pretty right? good at the moment um it's yeah. Yeah, uh, I am. I'm interested to see how much damage eighteen of them can do. Uh, mm. well, I was really impressed might... when I played Ben in that last event. Um, just how much they could put up. Yeah, yeah, I do like them. Um, I quite like them coming in from reserve at the moment because um, they've only got a range of twenty-four. I think it is. So yeah, they come in. The they come I in. They get that shot. Twenty-four. Inches. Link them up with a zone throw to get the real ones to hit. Get the pyrovine there to remove cover, and you take down one thing that you wanted to kill, and it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I quite like the the sculpts. I think they look really good. The only one that I have a problem with is the gene stealers. I just think gene stealers look goofy AF, and they have done <laughs> for a while. Um, I would love to see gene stealers like look scary. Like, you know, they're supposed to be like found on. You know, I always think of Space Hulk right in my head. These gene stealers like lurking around this 
ruined um, spaceship, and I think that's mm. so cool. I'm not saying make them look like xenomorphs. Do not do that. But I just think they're just big, stupid, bulbous heads, and that like really long arms. Like I have long arms, and I look gangly. Right? These things <laughs> should look gangly. They should, they should. Yeah, that's I'm not scared. Actually, a bit of a resemblance. I'm just looking now. Oh yeah, totally. That's yeah. it. I'm just a genius. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they're great. Um, quite like the Hormigans, like just different styles. Hopefully they don't fall over when you move them now. That would be <laughs> much classic. appreciated. The Lictors, oh yeah, really like that. Really, I like the Neuralictor. Some people think it looks too sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Jack. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, but um, yeah, what was the other ones? Uh, Paravors, yeah, cool. Paravors look good. Interesting new aesthetic because I've never seen a spider looking tyranid before so that's a completely new vibe um yep. what else was there what was the is it the norn emissary oh, yeah. or simulator they oh. that those were the ones i was like yes man you know what that looks like to me that looks like uh, i'm on i'm on tts and i've picked up a hive tyrant and then i've tried to scale it up you just <laughs> press the plus like it 10 just... times yeah I, I would i would have liked some like i'm just not hyped on that oh, hopefully yeah. it's not very good <laughs> so i don't have to play it <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I I I don't know. I I'm not wowed by any of the sculpts. Um the Gene Stealers, I really like the classic design. Um just they they've got that nostalgia for me. And these ones, like they take the box, but there's nothing exciting about them. There's no like uh, interesting poses. This is very similar as Ellie Wizard says. This Look, is very similar to what All I want is I want them to reprint the Space Hulk Gene Stealers. Is that too much to ask? Those were fantastic, and uh, I do have them, but you know I'm never going to buy more because it'll probably cost me like a hundred quid for another fifteen yeah. or something. Um, then moving on, both sets of gaunts look good. Um, I like what they've done with these; they've just sort of modernised them. Um, mm. I'm not a fan of the splooge cannon that the uh, the termigaunts can have. I'm, I'm glad they've oh, brought no. back. What you mean the cock cannon? The cock cannon and the chord cannon. PG friendly show. The Stop horse fucking swearing. Cannon. <laughs> I the Jack, Jack was the one that spotted it for me. Very funny. Uh, yeah, that's um, that's a miss for me. But uh, <laughs> oh, I can't yeah. wait to magnetize all my termagants. No, <laughs> it magnetizes. Just have a crippling addiction and buy more models. Yeah, uh, nice. That's the, the, that's the answer. Yeah, the healthy answer. Uh, the Lictor, I think the new Lictor looks so good. Um, I can yeah. kind of take or leave the the Brain Boy. Whatever they've called that, the Neuralictor. The Neuralictor. Yeah, that's like not... cool. Sounds like it's yeah. going to be key for Battleshock, and we know that's a really important part of the game. So um, I'm not it? super in love with um, Death Leaper either. I don't love the model. I don't oh. love the cape. Oh, the but, cape's great. But the, just the standard Lictor. Oh man, that looks so good. Like I'm a really big fan of that. That's uh, something I'm looking forward to. Um, then we've got. Um, Biovores and Pyrovores, uh, what the fuck, Games Workshop? Why did you make these two models look so fucking similar? The difference is a blast back plate. Like, cool. I mean, I I'm genuinely, a big fan of it being one kit. Uh, I, I don't, I would, I'd be fine with that. They just need something more to distinguish them. Like, yeah, the gun fair. is slightly different, but it has bulbous sacks on. So it's, I, I genuinely thought it was the same model. I was looking between the two. I was like, what the fuck's the difference? Because it's a different angle. And then I was like, oh, shit, no, it's got the tail that sort of goes up behind it. Sure. Um, and also, what base is that on? That looks absolutely massive. Is that like an 80 mil? I think it's bigger than a Dreadnought base. It no. Looks... Yeah, I think so. Look at it in the picture. Compare it to the uh, the 25 mils. It's like... 
I could be wrong. It looks massive to me. Um, and then the Norn units, fine. I don't love them. Don't hate them. It's very kaiju, uh, isn't it? Very kaiju-esque. Yeah, I. How I feel about them will very much depend on the data sheet. Uh, <laughs> because, because I I absolutely love running Monster Mash nids, uh, and it's never been about the the look of the models. Like I don't think the Tyrann effects looks particularly amazing, but that's my favorite big bug because it's so hard to get through. Ninth uh, edition and tenth edition. Um, like the coolest big bugs aren't the ones that I run. Like I love the Morlock, and you know that looks incredible. But you, you, I, I ran it. Game, yeah. yeah, I ran it and did very well with it. But then I immediately took it out of my list because I was like, actually, there's other things I can do with this, like 125 points or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, it's so know. cheap at that in, in ninth as well. 125 points was not expensive, and I still oh, buddy, buddy, monster mash, monster mash nids was wild. Uh, yeah. effects were so cheap. I think they were 100 points base. Uh, yeah, and then you gave them would... like 25 points worth of upgrades. You're like, mm, that'll do. Uh, yeah. Just going to sprinkle those in my list. Uh, I think I ran eight at one event. It was beautiful. Ah, uh, nine. Yeah, nine. Good times. Uh, a couple more comments in chat. Chris says they all look like solid updates, but the crab cannons. Um, people are saying that they're too different, can't win. Yeah, that's fair. It is very different. It's very um, different. I think it's super cool, though, right? I think it's. They look way better yeah, than the old models. Like I will absolutely give them that. I just it's just not it doesn't do it for me personally. But that's okay. Yeah, at least they're not smiling anymore. Yeah. The weird goofy smile. Yeah. Uh Elden Warden says gonna put his Darkkin on the table for the first time at two thousand points on Sunday versus Custodes. Wish you luck and pain. I wish you luck and I wish them pain. Or pain for you if that's what you're into. That is very yeah, yeah. You. yeah. Uh but I think it's more inflicting it that they really, really enjoy. Oh. But uh yeah, no, I think um, Drakari are a lot of fun to play a couple of games with. Um, I think the the longevity of their play might be a little less exciting until they get a codex, but I think yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun finding those angles, whizzing around the board, and uh, putting some really efficient shots. Are you rolling your hits? Yeah, boy. Uh, lovely stuff. That is all I have there. Any closing thoughts from the two of you lovely gentlemen? Chris says, wasn't there some mention of mind control for the Neurolictor? Hot takes on what this be no. in game terms. Um, let's have a look here. No, I, do, I vaguely remember something about it. The way I read whatever they wrote was like, it sounded like Battleshock. Yeah. Um, which... we, have, we have seen mind control. Uh, my favorite version of was, I think it might have been the Changeling in ninth edition, um, where you just, on a dice roll, you got to shoot an enemy's model or yeah, it was like shoot one gun or make one attack with a melee weapon so it's like yeah, you're yeah. always going to shoot uh yeah. you just you do, if you're playing against knights you just go oh cool your volcano volcano lance um let me let me just shoot that at one of your other models oh cool it dies neat um uh, like, gsc had that ability as a spell and that was oh, that was fun yeah but it, it was like went off on like an eight so it, oh yeah, yeah. But, it's um, it's never been in the game since I've started playing again. It's never been in the game and been good, but it has been in the game and been funny. Which yeah. when that okay. time it goes off, oh. oh yeah, it makes a great story. Uh, yeah. Lovely stuff. Cool. Nice. All right, let's wrap it up there. Thank you all for joining us. Um, this has been episode forty-seven. Tune in next week. We will be talking about the teams event that the boys went and had a great time at. And uh, join us in three weeks for episode fifty. More coming on that one.